0: I'm Zuzu. And I'm Joni. And tonight we are recapping Game of Thrones 69, (laughs) or as the official title is, A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. I prefer Game of Thrones 69, the one that we've all been waiting for. And what an episode it was. Um, So I know we talked about this a little bit last week, but... The way that the opening credits are set up is that we're getting a sort of real-time update of the Night King's journey south. It kind of reminds me of when you're flying on a plane. You see the little, like, plane icon, like, hovering above the cities. It's like that, except with, like, the blue ice tiles. So you see that the last hearth is already overtaken, and now we're getting to Winterfell. And I was looking at it, and I was like, are those, like, pits around Winterfell? And as we later see, yes, there are. Strategically placed hits. Yes, and um, this episode is directed by David Nutter, who has done a bunch of Game of Thrones episodes. So he is a veteran of our of our friends. So Obviously, they were gonna let David Nutter do episode 69, the big the big 69. Yes, the big 69. So the episode uh, starts with Danny and we're all, well, everyone, pretty much everyone. We've got the whole ensemble here in the Great Hall. And Danny and Jamie, though, are the focal point at the beginning of the scene. She is talking about how Jamie was essentially presented to her as a boogeyman growing up. She was told these stories of the man who killed her father and also stories of what um, her and her brother were going to do if they ever had the opportunity to seek their revenge. Yes, I mean, that that was a sort of surreal moment. I think all of us were thinking about what is it gonna be like when Danny meets the man who killed her family or her father and then sort of brought down the official end of the Targaryen regime. But um, you know, it doesn't go as badly. You can tell there's a lot of tension in the hall and Jamie is the first one to sort of be like, Listen, I understand you hate Lannisters. I understand you hate me. I need to let you know more bad news. Apart from me just being <laughs> here, um, Cersei lied, and she's not bringing an army. It is just me, just and me, and my one hand. Yeah, I'm, she's like, I see all. I, what arm? Where's the army? All I see is one man with one hand. Yeah, she's uh, thick laying burn. it on sick <laughs> here. Yeah, definitely a burn. Uh, yeah so he, as you said, he's dropping this news right up front, pretty much probably figures can't get That's much of the worse bandaid all, right yep, lay it all on the table um but he is all he as always, or at least as always, since Jamie sort of had his turn, he's presenting himself as very honorable, and that he had to do the right thing. Um, even though Cersei didn't and as soon as he found out that she had no intention to come north, he decided or bring her army north that he decided that um he would come anyway.
1: Oh, oh. <laughs> they were like, How
0: dare Jamie not go north without an army? We'll be the army. <laughs> yes. I have my own little army here. Uh, but the whole situation has obviously is causing a lot of tension because everybody has different uh viewpoints on yeah. Jamie and uh the Lannisters in general. I mean Jamie might be the most divisive figure in Westeros that's like currently alive right now honestly because I mean we see Tyrion, you know, trying to speak up for him and he's like I know I know my brother. And he's like Danny's like well you you know him as well as you know your sister because that didn't pan out so well, okay? Like thanks. And then, you know, Sans on the other hand is kind of agreeing with Danny at first where she's like, yeah, this man is terrible. He killed my, da- he like basically led to my dad's downfall. Like, why would we want him? Um, But, you know, Jamie is non-apologetic. He's like, yeah, I did it. And I would do it again in a heartbeat. I was surprised that he didn't bring up the fact, like the why behind it, his justification for doing it. I guess probably it wouldn't have been uh, well Accepted by Danny, but like the why it was necessary to kill the bad king, um, because that's obviously an important part of the story. You know that yeah. he didn't do it for power or glory, but he did it to save the realm from this uh, pyromaniac. And um, I mean, honestly, he's in the right in this. I think, unfortunately, and I think people... that's why Danny ultimately yeah. goes along with it. It would be a much harder sell if he had killed this innocent man in cold oh, yeah. blood yeah I mean, you can't just do that this guy was crazy but um it is interesting because you know jamie refuses to apologize and he's like i did it for the right reasons i'd do it all again and for my family and for the realm and we get this little line from brand that i think everyone's kind of been waiting for which is the things we do for love yeah brand is quick with the uh inside scoop there yes also a reminder that uh bran has kept this to himself he's the only one who knows which uh, i was kind of surprised about i had forgotten that until yeah. they yeah, they're clearly with that line they're showing you that it's an exchange between just the two of them uh as but always Gina- bran is on a separate plane from everybody <laughs> <Yes>. else <laughs> operating on a different yeah. level <laughs> possibly with true, true tree shrooms. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but we also see Brienne in this scene standing up for Jamie, um, as you would expect. And I think it's important to remember that Brienne's probably the closest one to the, who to have the closest perspective as the viewer on Jamie. She's really seen his redemptive arc, whereas nobody else has. I guess Brienne, too, with his, three-eyed raven abilities is probably aware. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's important. She's the one who knows what we know as a right. viewer truest self now. I completely agree with that. That's a really good point. I didn't even think about that, but I guess what I was thinking of also was like, Brienne is a very honorable person to a fault. And, um, you know, she is sort of like the personification of the true knight in many ways, as we will see later. But, um, you know, Brienne basically vouches for Jamie. She's like, I know you've heard these terrible things, but this man saved my life and he's a good person. And I think most importantly, she drives home to Sansa the fact that Jamie is the reason that Sansa, you know, was sort of able to go free to, well, not free. But, you know, Brienne is basically the reason that Sansa got away from Ramsay eventually. Yeah. And Sansa trusts Brienne with her life, as she says, and so she is. Based, her decision is, well, he can stay. And at this point, Danny, I mean, she looks. She doesn't look pleased, but she asks, "Well, what does the warden of the North think?" And I feel like John was like taken out of this, like really <laughs> weird, like sex daydream where he's like wait who talking to me <laughs> like yeah. you can tell he was like <laughs> he's yeah. other things on his mind yeah. <laughs> he's like oh I'm I'm still here right and and I was kind of surprised that you know she was calling him the warden of the north I kind of like forgot he had any like influential title yeah official title but um you know as he's very distracted and sort of like trying to toe the line he's like well we need all the men we can get Yeah, I mean, he clearly doesn't uh, want to be in the middle, but he goes for something somewhat diplomatic. Yeah, so, I mean, Danny can read the room. She's not an idiot. She knows that this is the decision that people aren't, they want him to stay and be useful. So she makes the final call and says, you know, that's fine. But everyone's sort of leaving the Great Hall and John immediately is like, oh, don't look at me. He's and the away like she's like do you want to talk about this and he's like don't look at me bitch <laughs> yeah <laughs> um you, the you honeymoon tell, phase is over i know i mean it definitely puts a damper on things when you,
1: you find, find out a, that
0: your girlfriend's your aunt and you know that you might be having to like have really crazy arguments about um thrones and such the line of succession and you know things of that nature. For progression. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Danny's definitely, you know, she's not happy right now. And, I mean, I can understand that from her perspective, but she takes it out on poor, theory, uh, theory, poor- Therian. Poor Therian. Therian. Um And, I mean, who, granted, has definitely fumbled the ball in the last few decisions that he's made for Danny, but in this case is really not. It's not his fault, but she's, you know, basically like, do your job, stop fucking things up, or I'm going to make someone else my hands. I'm trying to think of, like, what the alternative would have been, like, what he should have done differently, uh, because I think they still needed to go to Cersei and at least give her the option of joining them. I I mean, I do think that he was naive in believing it, um, but I also don't know that they would have, I think it would have been a lot more bloodshed to leave without the, at least, uh, at least the pretense that they were in agreement. Right. So, I yeah. mean, yes, like, was he, was that dumb? Of course. Was, yeah, you know, so was like was super trusting. dumb to actually believe her. But at the same time, you know, there, as Bran is always quick to remind people, time is a-wasting. So... um it did end up working out pretty well in the end. So this next scene is just, you know, another con- part, you know, 500 of Gendry smithing in the Winterfell forges. Um, I, I'm wondering if he's, like, a vampire. He's not allowed to see the light. He must remain in the crypt, in the forge. Yes, and also, like, his poor hands. Like, he, I mean, I guess he's a smith, but, like, still, I'm like, dude... He is probably so, I mean, filthy, but I'm sure that's just a part of the charm for Arya. Just how she Um, likes them. So they do have this little exchange about, so I guess, to back it up quickly, there's sort of this, I guess, division that you you will see throughout the episode of who's going to be actually fighting and who is going to be in the crypts, um, which is the sort of designated place for the people who are not so militarily skilled. Right. And the fact yes. that they keep stressing how safe the crypts are going to be, that yeah. that's going to be a safe house, does not bode well uh, in it terms does of not. foreshadowing. And honestly, Jenny, I genuinely, like, when I read the like initial sort of like Winterfell zombie crypt, like White Walker Stark thing, I was like, this is so dumb. Like, that's never going to happen. But now, I don't know. It it seems crazy, but they it just seems like they were so heavily foreshadowing it. I was like, say crypt one more time. Yeah, say <laughs> yeah, crypt one more time. Also, the fact that they show the crypt in the opening, and there's so many, like, I mean, I I went on a bit of a crypt deep dive <laughs> today, and there's a lot of references to the crypts throughout the seasons. And he, I mean, Maester, I forgot, I'm so, I don't know which Maester it was. Someone is like, when Theon is in charge of Winterfell and Ramsey's sort of zoning in, they're like, you should leave through the crypts. There's like all these secret passageways to get out. Like no one will even yeah. know. And I'm like, oh, so does that mean like they're going to use those to escape? Or does that mean like, get like in? Death, death will come from those passages? <laughs> Either way, as we will see throughout this episode, there is a lot of crypt talk and it's very worrying for the next episode. Because I think everyone's gonna die in the crypts. Um, but so you know, Gendry can and Arya are. To- oh, uh-huh. no! Please <laughs> go on. I was gonna say, can we talk about the super cheesy uh, visual nod in the scene where they're like, "It's getting hot in here. Steam from the anvil." Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh please! I know it was. Arya <laughs> thirsty. It was very, it was very, like, cheesy, like, beginning of a porno. Like, oh, Gendry, your anvil. Oh, God, take your shirt off. But, um, it, yeah, <laughs> it was kind of funny because, like, it is, like, a weird, like, I've certainly never seen anyone flirt this way about sort of being, like, so tell me about these White Walkers. Like, what do they smell like? What do they do? And then eventually, you know, Gendry's like, well, they weren't flirting? flirting. I didn't realize that. Was oh, that was I thought, flirting. I, okay, maybe I'm I, fucked up, but like, I, I definitely moved on from the flirting at that part. At that point, uh, <laughs> I yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm just a sick person. But I was like, oh, they're flirting about like White Walkers and like death, and then he's sort of being like, well, a little lady shouldn't be out fighting. So you should be in the crypts, my lady. <laughs> and she's like throwing these, like, sexy little, like, diapers. Oh, that was definitely flirting. Okay, right. so I'm not totally crazy. But, no, I mean, you're... basically, we get this line that we saw in um, the trailer, which is sort of, he's like, well, they, they're death. Like, that's what they are. And she's like, I know death. I've seen oh Aria, faces. We know. And- but to be fair, this is a different kind of death than she's used to. And I think that even Arya Stark will be surprised when confronted with the reality of, the White Walkers. Yeah, and the- I mean, it's as you, you're right, like it's not just like, it's not like the waif or, you know, even like anyone else she's ever fought. They are genuinely already dead. You can't kill them. Or like a normal dead person. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a little bit, it goes beyond that. There's um, a lot more you, going on. But you can tell that Gendry is like, oh, interesting. I like these sexy knife skills. Um. Yeah. So that's definitely, I don't know. It was like, you're right. It was very set up this whole Arya Gendry situation. The theme was just too much for me. I was like, okay. (laughs) okay. (laughs) Um, And the next scene is, you know, everyone's favorite three eyed Raven. Bran is at the Weirwood and Jamie's like, hi, just wanted to touch base with you about what you said (laughs) earlier. Like, have you told anyone? Also, I'm really sorry for the time I pushed you out the window and crippled you. And I do kind of like this because he's, Bran is sort of like, yeah, I get it. Like, we w- wouldn't be the people we are today had that not happen- happened. And I kind of agreed in the sense that, like, well, obviously Bran would never have become the 3 raven. He probably he wouldn't be crippled. He'd be, like, off doing, like, basic bitch stuff in Westeros, like, knighting and whatever. But... Jamie, as well, like I think this began his redemption arc. So I I still find it just slightly annoying when Bran's like, I'm not angry at anyone. I'm like, he pushed you out a fucking window. Bran is like that person you know who's like <laughs> picked up meditating now and has like started a yoga regime. And I'm like, I'm happy for you, but I, I don't want to hear about it. You know, yeah. like, just I, I, I'm happy that Xanax is like working out for you. But I know you're gonna snap and like punch a bitch one day. Like there's th- is that anger exactly. still in there. But he does make a good point, Joni, that you know he's not Brandon Stark anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I if I have to hear that one more time too. Like, I know. And, and again, Jamie's like, still, no one understands, bro. Like no one is ever going to understand what's happening. So he's developing some real tropes, all of which are very much in line with like being a teenage boy, like the yeah. movie, <laughs> the like. Uh, I'm not that that person anymore. Like, oh Brand. Oh, like I'm sure he's got a My Chemical Romance T shirt somewhere in oh, Winterfell. Exactly. Like Absolutely. so emo. But um it is a good point. This accident is sort of like what set the events that led up to this moment in action. Um it changed them both. So but yeah, the important thing is that Bran never really told anyone. Yeah. Also in this scene he says that the reason he didn't reveal what Jamie did was because he wants them to be around to fight or wants uh, Jamie to be around to fight. And then Jamie asks him, well, what about afterwards? And for says, how do you know there's, there will be an afterward. But I, again, I was like, do you know something? Because if you do, now's the time to share it. Oh, and the worst that sharing information, like, like he'll like say something. Everyone's like, how long have you known this? He's like, IDK, like some 300 years, like, we need a more communicative three-eyed rabbit. <laughs> yes, like get this man a Twitter or something. Like I don't know what his preferred like communication tool of choices, but whatever it is now, it's not working anymore. I really Brand do anymore. not want Brand to have a Twitter. That is actually <laughs> a horrifying prospect. <laughs> He's just like four hundred years ago. Just four hundred years ago, I watched the Massey de Biscuit. Everything is different. (laughs) Like, it would just be so boring. But um, I do, it is important to mention that whole, like, well, who knows if there isn't afterwards. Because, honestly, it's hard to tell if he is talking about him for himself or for humankind or Jamie. So, either option. He just couldn't resist the drama of it. Yeah, that's the thing. He's a messy bitch. And he loves his drama. That's what I'm saying. He's one of those yoga meditation people who's like, no, I'm just really working on me right now. I'm like very focused on my, you know, internal space. And then it's like, no, you are drama. Yeah, always. Um, God damn it, Bran. God damn it, Bran. Uh, In the next scene, we have the brothers, Lannister, talking to each other. And it's sort of funny, like they were here so long ago together. And they're sort of talking sorry? Yeah, first episode. Yeah, the mode, first right? episode. Yeah. Um, I like that everyone looks at the Lannisters and starts like spitting on them. Okay. I mean still a little bit warmer reaction than we see later for yes. uh Grey Worm Sunday, those Winterfell Stark slash Northerners are racist and terrible. Yeah. So, like we hate the Lannisters, but at least they're white. And I kind of like this conversation they have because um, Jamie sort of like prods Tyrion for information about Danny. He's like, why are you going with this woman? Like, what is it that she does that makes her so special? Especially because her dad was fucking crazy. I know, because I killed him. (laughs) Um, And he's like, because she's got great hair. Yeah, (laughs) essentially. (laughs) (laughs) But like, it's it's funny because, you know, Tyrion talks about this whole situation, the Lannister army not coming north, and he's like, you know, she fooled us both. Like, Tyrion's like, yeah, she fooled us because, like, she told me she was pregnant, and Jamie's like, oh, it's real. Like, this pregnancy is real. But honestly, we don't know if it is. Who knows? It's all sort of, like, Cersei's manipulation, and he talks about how she sort of fooled them both and Tyrion's like, well, she never fooled you. You always knew that she was this like terrible human being and you loved her anyway. Like, what does that say about you? Is, Syndrome. Yeah, No, but seriously, <laughs> I like it's, it is interesting. Cause yeah, like I think Jamie does love Cersei no matter for like, no matter who she is, but I think this is sort of the last straw, this betrayal yeah. of honor. Yes, uh, I also like they're talking about the fact that they're gonna die at Winterfell and the sort of oddness and irony of it. And daddy, see us now. Yes, yeah, I think that that comes later, but I do like that he brings Kieran brings up his classic line that he used with the uh, the tribesmen in the Vale that he wants to die when he's die in bed when he's eighty yeah. with a girls. I, I keep saying this wrong. A girl's mouth around his cock, not a I girl's keep, cock around his mouth. I keep saying that as well. So I'm really glad that's oh not a woman. Uh, <laughs> it's very <it's laughs> funny, though, because when Jamie says it, he, you can tell, or when Kieran says it, you can tell that Jamie's heard it like a million times. And he's like, like, Yeah, Kieran. Some- <laughs> yeah. We're going back to this line, are we? <laughs> Um, but it's kind of interesting because they're on the ramparts of Winterfell, and like when you look around, and sort of pan out, you can see the spikes that we were talking about in the opening. So there are there are certain measures being taken to, uh, you know, ward off the Night King and his wife. Who there knows. are actual military steps being taken, not just people dealing with their emotional fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. baggage. <laughs> I mean, those that's important too. <laughs> that's also important. You can't just fight the Night King when you have all these emotions in your heart. Um, But Jamie sees Brienne and sort of like trails off while Tyrion's talking to himself, which was kind (laughs) of great. He turns around and he's like, where'd he go? He's like, oh, uh, okay. But you see Pod and he's gotten a little bit better with his sword practice, which is nice. Brienne looks on proudly. And this is sort of like, another big reunion that everyone wanted was a more in-depth reunion with Jamie. Brianne and Jamie are talking, and Jamie's just like, hey, how's you been? I really missed you, friend. And Brian's like, why are you not insulting me? Like, what the fuck do you want, you asshole? Like, she's so confused as to why he's being polite to her. I think it's also just a tribute to the fact that she, she obviously, she loves Jamie. Like, yeah. loves, loves him. But I think she's still uncertain and uncomfortable about their relationship she's still ready for it to be like a big joke to yeah. be turned down at the dance the handsome knight yeah who's gonna turn her down at the dance and, and make fun of her so she's still like uneasy in that friendship sometimes especially yeah. when he's being weirdly nice to her I know and the thing is like he is kind of being weirdly nice even before like he would always be like hey Brienne like yeah, big bastard or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he'd always like be a little bit snarky, but he's a changed man. And so he, you know, talks to Brienne. He's like, listen, I think you're amazing. And I think you're really great at what you do. And I value you. I respect you as a woman and as a warrior, and I would be honored to serve under you. When I, when he said that he basically came all that way, not just to do the right thing or to uh stand up for mankind or to fight honorably <laughs> but to to fight under her. I was like, excuse me while I go sob for a thousand years. That is the most heartwarming thing. And honestly I do think Brienne felt the same as you where she was like, what? But she can't process that. And no, like, I mean. I walk away. Well, I guess she did. She was like, excuse me, let me go cry for a thousand years. Now like, yeah. she had to walk away. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny as well, because I feel like she did the same thing that like he did to Tyrion, where she just like, was like, I will walk away now. <laughs> yeah. um, so in the next scene, we've got Danny looking moody by the fire. There's a lot and of fire in this uh, There's a lot episode. of fire. I mean. A lot of fire for an episode that Melisandre is not in. That's true. Thank God. Um, although I'm she's sure we'll, roasting we'll, children elsewhere, yeah. <laughs> all right. Peace, Shireen. Um, but so she's with Jora, and you know, you could tell Danny's still kind of pissed about what happened that morning. And you know, Sir Jora, always the bootlicker, has to come and be like, No, Danny, like well, you did it, you were great, it was so fun. Um, but you know, surprisingly enough, is he defends Tyrion to Danny because he's like, listen, I know you're mad at him right now, but this guy is amazing. And you need him on your team. And, you know, she's like, well, why are you standing up for him? He's been like, he's, he was kind of a dick to you and like, it was terrible. And George's like, yeah, no, he was like 100%. Like he said some stupid shit to me, but like (laughs) the mind behind those words, like that's what is important. Like that's what you need. I know how you feel about Jora, but I'm just gonna love on him for a second and say, I do think that this is proof that he really does love Danny and
1: really genuinely wants
0: what that what's but not just even in like the, the puppy dog way. Like he genuinely wants what's best for her, even at the price of his own personal pride, like, because she was indicating earlier on that she would make him or Varys the hand. Varys, a sidebar. Varys also like completely missing in this episode, and I mean, he's I there but he it. has no lines. I What's need more Varys always. I know. We have six episodes in the season. We need to Varys is at a premium. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, however, uh, yeah, I do. I think that this shows that he, he wants her to have the best. Possible support system, even if it's not him. Yes. I suppose that's nice, but. It's <laughs> also people who love you do. Ugh, whatever. But he, you know, he gives her some advice. And the first thing was about Terry. And then the second, he's like, well, while I'm here giving you advice, like, maybe you should. And then the next scene is you see Sansa and is it Sir Way- Way- Waymar Royce? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so he's knight of the veil Saroy. uh and in there discussing strategy and I don't know things like that, and Danny's like, Oh hey, girl, what are you doing? You look so cute? Do you have a minute? Can we talk like you know, like she's trying to be all like friendly and sweet, And so obviously, Jorah's advice is make Sansa an ally because she is the real person that people trust here, and God bless her, man, Danny's really trying. Um, she's trying to connect on a number of different levels, their difficult family history, the fact that they're both women in power, which mm-hmm. we were ta- we were talking about that last week, how yeah. they certainly have that in common, um, but how they still keep seeming to end up at odds. Yeah. And I think, A, that is a very typical situation for how powerful happens. women as we all those. yeah. Week, I- Yes, but Yeah, I mean, as you and I both personally know, <laughs> <laughs> powerful women yeah. but no, but in general, like they, she makes a good point. You know, she's like, families are complicated. And Sansa is reading her a little bit, but she's like, listen, like, let's put this aside. Like, why don't you like me? Basically. And, and also, Sansa, it shouldn't even matter if you fucking like me. Come, like there are bigger things. We have things to work together Yeah. You know, where's Where's Brand now? Where, why is not he popping up all of a sudden and being like, guys? They're like 12 hours away. Like, it doesn't matter if you don't like each other. But you know, Sansa makes a good point. She has seen a lot of dumb men in her life, and she's like, men do stupid things for women. And John, I mean, in men do stupid things. Period. But yeah. Sure. Period. But. Especially for women, and you know, Sansa's was like, "Listen, Jon's a mess. Like, I can't trust him to make the right choice for the North right now. Like, you're pretty, and he likes you. He loves you. He loves you. This is you. life. Yes. This is love." And so Danny's like, "You know, that's fine." And she tries to sort of relate to to what Sansa's saying. She's like, "You know, when I first came to Dragonstone, all I could think about was the Iron Throne. But I'm here now because of your brother." And she's like, look, I'm doing stupid things for love, too. Like, it's not just John. Like, we're perfectly compatible. And, you know, um, it was kind of sweet. They did have, like, a bit of a moment together where, you know, Sansa's like, you know, I should have thanked you for coming up here. Like, that was kind of bitchy of me. Yeah, you should have. And they're, like, holding hands, and it's so cute. And they make a little joke at John's expense where they talk about, like, Danny's like, you "You know, i yeah, she's like, I, you know, I don't often trust men like this. Like, the last one I trusted, you know, or like, I was like oh, he's only the, oh, John's only the second man that I trust, and, and Thompson's like, oh, who's the first one? And she's like, someone taller. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and they both, like, laugh at John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was kind of great. It's um, so always fun. I always like to laugh at John. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? He's so self-righteous sometimes. It's great. And so they had a lovely moment, and, you know, unfortunately, the sort of reality sets in for Sansa, and she's like, wait, so, like, you're here to be queen of the of the Seven Kingdoms, so, like, what happens afterwards? So, Seven Kingdoms remain Seven Kingdoms, bitch. Right, and she, I mean, she makes a good point. She's like, listen, like, we, the North does not want to, be, like, bend the knee to you. Uh, the North wants to be free. Like, we don't want to be a part of this regime. And, But it seems a small price to pay if you're going to, if there's, if without the crown there's nothing left to save, without Danny there's nothing left to save. And I think, you know, Danny immediately, like, withdraws her little hand and she's like... "Ah." Recoil. Yeah, she's pissed, but you know what? If I was Danny, I would have been like, of course, sure, we'll talk about it later. And then just not bring it up again. (laughs) (laughs) Unless my dragons were both around. Right, right, right. Like, she's like, yeah, like, you know, not, this is like, this is a very much like, we'll get to that, like, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Like, first, we have shit to do. Yes, absolutely. So the next scene, we have, well, they're actually interrupted. It's a continuation of this scene. They're interrupted uh, with the news that someone has arrived at Winterfell. There's a lot of arrivals in this episode, but this one um, being Theon and he is here and decided to, as we have out in the last episode, decided not to go back to the Iron Islands with Yara, but to come and fight at Winterfell. And he starts out talking to Danny, but then he ends up talking to Sansa and saying, I want to fight for Winterfell, Lady Sansa, if you'll have me. <laughs> and, you know, I, this was such beautiful acting between Alfie Allen and Sophie Turner, like there's no words needed, you know, they both have been through so much separately and also together. And it's such a shared history and it's sort of the eve of battle. And, you know, at this point they just hug with tears in their eyes and, you know, the past is forgiven at this point. It's not worth, you know, going back there. And I thought that was really beautiful. And like, again, we love, we love in a redemption arc. <laughs> we do. So I, I don't think it's going to turn out well for Theon, but that's, the point is, he's made there this were, gesture. There were definitely a few people that you can almost see them being set up to be killed off in this episode, and I do feel like Theon is probably one of them. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Damn it, I didn't put him on my death toll. I know that was. Oh, stupid. girl, I put him. on my, He was the first one. It I like didn't. Hit, it I just think he's been through so much. Listen, it's never. That's not a guarantee. <laughs> that's true. It was this like him, the- and then well, I'll get to it later. But I definitely have either Miss or Grey Worm. I think I, I, I Grey Worm was my first one, and that bitch is dead. Oh, I we'll think talk we- about that. We'll talk about it later. But um, next scene is Davos the morale booster. He's like one of those like WPA posters. Like, boys, if I could be on the front lines, like so can you? Look at me. I don't know anything about fighting, and I survived two major battles. But I make damn good soup, and and look in my soup. Um, Gilly is our first sort of real, epi- real view of Gilly so far this season, and Gilly is sort of also doing the same thing where she's like hurting people and sort of like offering comforting words. Um, there's a I think a lot of people will be seeing this comparison and noticing it, but there's a lot of comparison to me between this scene and sort of like. Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, Helm Deep. So, so she's sort of being like the Eowyn, sort of being like, no, it's fine. We'll be in the crypts, and we'll be great. And of course, you know, Davos looks down. There's a small little Shireen flashback for him. Yes. Jenny, you're like, fuck this. No, it was, it was <laughs> cute, but I just, I always have to question the motives of Game of Thrones. I'm like, are they put it, planting this character just to die? Oh. Do, cause, yeah, because we need yes. to know we need to know someone in the crowd because obviously there's going to be a lot of deaths in the crowd that aren't going to mean anything uh, because we don't know them. We have no emotional connection. So they're giving us some faces in the crowd to kill, to tug at your heart. Absolutely. String. That's, that's so, the whole point. It's supposed to be like, up. it's supposed to be like Shireen callbacks and also just like Davos. Like, I mean, I felt this really funny meme that was like, Anytime a small, strong girl shows up in like Game of Thrones and it was like a picture of Davos holding like adoption papers. <laughs> Aww, like, so but it was really cute because, you know, he's like the strong little girl whisperer where he's just like, you know, she's like, I want to fight and I'm going to be brave and you know, him and Gilly sort of do a good job of being like, Well, like you'll you'll be so great down in the crypt protecting everyone, a K A You'll be killed. (laughs) Another reference, yeah, Yeah. again, another like assurance of how safe the crypts are gonna be. Uh, Yeah, so. Yeah. But so we get interrupted by um, the last hearth sort of survivors group sort of coming back to (laughs) Winterfell. And of course, Tormund stealing the show as always. He immediately like (laughs) bowls John over and he's like, hello, how are you? I've missed you. Um, And I love the way that they announced the uh, the sort of like what happened at Last Hearth. They're like, so Last Hearth is fighting for the Night King now, (laughs) which I thought was such a beautiful, (laughs) yeah, great poetic way to be like, they're dead and white. (laughs) And it was traumatizing for everyone to have witnessed that. Um, I do like uh how one of Tormund's questions was, Is the big woman still here? And I was like, It's the only question. It's the only one that matters. He Um, has his priorities straight, that man. Oh, he's like, Yes. Oh my God. And so one thing that we do get from this scene, apart from just like bringing back some of our friends from last part, we get a time update, sort of like an ETA of like the White Walker arrival. Yeah, thing <laughs> is, T yeah. minus twelve hours. Yeah, like the little plane on the map is like getting a little closer, and so they have uh, before sundown on the next day. I I I did not know how to do this math. I was like twelve hours. Is that how long they have? I don't know what time it. I, it's, I don't know why there's always fucking day, gray. Right? It's always fucking gray in Winterfell. Yeah, it so, is like. To I wasn't sure if it was like sundown the next day or like that sundown. So like. Anyway, I just put 12 hours, my little, like, mental, like, 24 clock like, dip, dip, dip. that's probably there about, yeah. yeah, between, I'd say between 12 and 6 hours. Well, yeah, yeah, that's, and it's, so basically, like, time's up. <laughs> like, yeah. it's happening sooner than you think. Um, So we are sort of getting this battle prep scene, and we're getting that lovely speech we had from the trailer of John talking about well, oh, enemy doesn't tire. Our enemy doesn't feel. Doesn't feel cold. Whatever. They don't eat. They don't sleep. It's Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. They're all dead. <laughs> we're um, ready. We're ready. Well, there no one's really ready, but you know. So John does finally does the service of explaining the Night King strategy to everyone, saying, you know, if you kill the Night King, everyone else will die because he is the OG White. Right. So I mean, although that's just a theory, right? Like they don't technically know I mean, that, but I'm sure he's correct. I I think it's like – I think he's right in the sense, like, why would they show us that scene from last season where when they kill that one white, the rest of them fall? So I feel like that's the running theory. I mean, God knows, like, if someone kills the Night King and not everyone falls on it, I will be so <laughs> fucking pissed off and be like, why would you even bother with that scene then? um But anyway, so that's sort of his strategy is like, all right, we're going to have to – time by like throwing these people at the uh like the regular whites and then we're gonna have to sort of try to get the night king alone and just end him and brand's like no problem actually the reason he's coming here is it's because of me. Like I did it. It's all me. Me, 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 me. Like so he's basically always trying to get me is the idea. And he shows you like he's like, yeah, he marked me look and everyone's like why wouldn't you like bring this up? Yeah, this could have been disclosed earlier. Like, why? Like, I I almost wish that Mira had stayed just so she could have been like, okay, let me translate. This is like what (laughs) happened. (laughs) This is what Bran's saying, like pre-Bran and then Bran and then like, anyway. So it's just confusing and Bran sort of volunteers himself as the honeypot Um as the bait he's like I will wait in the godswood and he's coming for me and he makes this good point where he says well the reason that he wants to come after me is because what the night king wants is endless night you know basically everyone's dead and what is death but the lack of memory and the lack of you know existence and I'm basically the memory of the world right now so he wants to get rid of me and if we And Sam's like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. I would do the same thing. Like, if I was Night King, I would totally want to kill you, Bran. But thankfully, Sam is sort of there to, like, Sam-splain, like, what Bran is actually trying to say. And he's like, like, he kind of spells it out for us idiots at home. He's like, well, like, if you forget what we've ever done, we're not men anymore. We're just animals. Like, we need history. And we need to, like, record these things. And blah, blah, blah. Like he gets you. like very existential about it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's it, it does kind of go into that theory that people have been throwing about that he is the one that writes a song right. by fire. Yeah, so right. uh, I, a lot but, of people today were like, "Oh, we've we've figured out the knight's king's aims. Like this is his goal." But I'm still not convinced that like <sighs> that Bran is all he wants, and that this is all that we're gonna I, and there's there's clearly so much more to learn about the night king or it seems that way right so i would and be I, surprised if this is the only thing that he absolutely. wants i mean other and than I, world domination <laughs> well Bran's like of course he wants me i'm the three and he does make he i mean he does sort of like make the point that he's like this is not the first time that he's gone after one of us and everyone's like who? One of who? Like, no one knows the fuck you're talking about here. (laughs) Please explain. um, So Bran is basically like, well, if just put me in the God's Wood, I'm just going to hang out there and wait. Like, I'll be the bait. And Theon takes this chance to sort of be like, well, you know, I'm here to redeem myself. This is my story (laughs) arc. Um, So I took this castle from you, so how about you and I, like, just hang out in the God's Wood together and we'll face him. And it kind of made me, like, be like, okay well everyone's gonna die then <laughs> yeah no exactly. to Theon, but it's not like he is like i mean the uh, he, he'll have the ironborn with him so they're you know renowned right. fighters but to me that just signaled i was uh, i don't know i know we're all supposed to be over the brand is nice king thing but i was like i would i would not be, I don't see it as out of the realm of possibility no. that Bran, like, shifts either yes. or always was or becomes Night King Night and King. turns and kills Theon in, like, a sense of you know, parallel oh. poetic justice. I mean, so. that's what, I agree, like, I think that this sort of idea that Bran is the Night King w- makes a lot of sense if he sets himself as, like, the trap for the Night King and, like, if they have a one-on-one convo yeah. then it's like obviously then you are like you're gonna fuck it up ram like you will become yeah. the night king and it won't go well
1: yeah but, exactly so, yeah. i don't
0: think it's intentional but i'm i'm really interested to see what happens if they do have that one-on-one so, yeah i mean i i i'm living for it personally
1: <laughs> I, I have
0: like i love the night king because he is one of <laughs> he is fashionable so hot, like, and <laughs> yeah, he is uh, extremely powerful, uh, lives forever, <laughs> and he's played by a Slovak person, which is my people, and so always team Night King. But so Bran is sort of going to be the honeypot. They're going to put stick him in the the God's wood, and the plan is to sort of get the Night King alone, and then take out the Night King. So Jon is like, yeah, so that's our plan. Everyone else is going to go to the crypts and hang out there. Great idea. No one's going to die from that at all. Everyone will totally survive in the crypts. Um, but so there's a few people who are like, no, I don't want to go to the crypt. And Tyrion is one of them. He's like, let me, I've been in battles before, like, let me do this. And Danny's like, I love you. And you are a valuable person, but like, you are not a warrior. Like, this is not your forte. We need your mind, and your mind is going to be safe in the crypts. So off you go. Yes. I it's interesting to me that I mean, I guess everybody is thinking that death is a foregone conclusion so they wanna go out in the most glorious way. But I'm like, why are people like all lining up like lining up and knocking on the door to line up on the ramparts? Like I'd be like, I will be in the crypt and <laughs> I have my wolf blanket and I will see you later. If you're if you're looking for me, I'm in the crypt. <laughs> I'm chilling with Liana. Uh, Lana is uh, not going to be chilling in the crypt. For as we long. Later, as we oh later, my I, Sorry, Stark, not Mormont. Oh, I was like, excuse me. I <laughs> do her a great <laughs> disservice. As Jorah <laughs> later dark. finds out, that is not an option for the Lady of Bear Island. Um, but so I kind of like this. We have a lot. We have a basically everyone's in this room. So we do have a few like reaction shots that I enjoyed especially of Tormund still staring at Brienne very lovingly and intensely. Um, <laughs> and, and John sort of avoiding Daenerys again, running away from her. And I just love how, like, Tyrion's like, hey, like, do you need help? Like, I'm sensitive to the needs of others. Like, are you going to be okay? Like, I don't want this to happen like last time where people just left you in the courtyard all day. You stared at people the whole time.
1: He's like, can I, if, I really uh, get out of
0: here? <laughs> if they survive, I think that Tyrion needs to, you know, he like designed the saddle and stuff for him. I think if they survive, he needs to make Winterfell like ADA accessible oh, absolutely. For so they can get around. Oh, absolutely. Or I guess WDA Westeros. He <laughs> just, Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah. So Tyrion is like, hey, can I help you? And Bran's like, no, no. I'll just sit here and be creepy. Like, don't mind me. So I'm most comfortable. But I think this scene had a lot of, like, unintentional, or I guess intentional significance. But it was a short scene where Tyrion sort of pulls up a chair and he's like, tell me everything that's happened to you because it sounds like a lot changed since I've seen you last. And we we don't have, like, we don't see what happens next. But I imagine in my mind that perhaps, you know, when if Bran does share all the information that he, not all of it, but, like, a portion of the information he's gained from being the three-eyed Raven, um, maybe. Sorry, my cats are playing play with each other's tails. It's really cute. <laughs> maybe uh, Tyrion will think of some amazing strategy and use that powerful brain of his to. Yeah, think us all out of here. Yeah, if, if he's gonna like upload that information to anyone, Tyrion's definitely the one. Uh, the next scene is where we got, for me anyway, like it was the most. Uh, affirming scene, confirming, affirming that someone was going to die. Like, after the scene, I was convinced that Grey Worm is a hashtag goner. Um, I don't know. He's inspecting weapons, and then he sees Masande walk towards these children, and they get all racist and leave. Um, like, but, Jesus, like, wow, I know, that was so disgusting. I was like, these kids might as well be wearing, like, MAGA hats. Like, that was disgusting. Like, it's, I get that they're, you know, like outsiders, but sort of it's sad because as you said, like, definitely Missandei and Grey Worm are not immune to these vibes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but this whole like, there's not going to be any place for us after the war, after Danny conquers Westeros. First of all, I'm not sure if Grey Worm understands the uh, terms and conditions of being an Unsullied <laughs> and being Danny's uh, head. <laughs> Or like military forces. Yeah. But also this whole thing, like him talking to her about, you know, what else, where else do you want to go in life? What do you want to see in the world? And then she being like, I want to go to a beach. This whole thing just gave me major Titanic vibes. Like, you know, Jack promising Rose, like, we're going to go here, we're going to go here, and then I'm just oh, like... Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, they're going to fucking, like, he is going to fucking die and leave her alone and brokenhearted. Yeah, I, so my theory is actually, I think she... Please is edit that turn- singing part out. Don't put that on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my particular theory is that I think she is going to turn into a white Oh, and Grey Worm's yeah. going to have to kill her. That's what I put in my death pool. And I I just had this feeling because she's sort of like his redemption, right? Like she's always been this like, not like saving factor, but like she, she gives him something to live for. That's not just like the unsullied way of life. And so oh, I think she good. is going to be killed slash resurrected and he's going to have to kill her. And then it will be very sad. That (laughs) is tragic. D and D are sick fucks. Like, of course they would mess with us in this way. So I just, I I personally think that's, that's my two cents. Speaking of two cents, somebody was like, Hey, we're not having any dragons in this episode. Great. (laughs) Let's throw two cents at putting this CGI ghost (laughs) in the background of the scene where you literally just see like his, like it's like a bust of him and he's just like, turns his head once and is like panting in the background I'm like okay somebody literally was like here's two dollars make ghost happen <laughs> people haven't asked me questions still, and, and yet he is still looking like hella cgi I'm like why don't we just get a real dog to do this at this no, point like there's I only know. one get of a them. husky Jesus Christ like get like get like a husky an albino husky and just put him in the background like put him put him on a box make him look bigger or something like I don't care it, we don't even need an albino husky just get a regular husky make him wear contact we so yeah. will be fine <laughs> yeah. like it was so funny and like he goes just like I was like I was so kind of mad I'm like don't pretend like he has been there this whole time like <laughs> yeah. how stupid do you think we are people have noticed it's like the whole like Shelly Miscavige thing it's like she's been missing for a long time we all know <laughs> something happened and it's like they're trying to put like oh no look well, Ghost is fine. He's just been here at Winterfell. I'm like, no, 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 no. I need more of an explanation. This is not going to fly. I'm glad he's okay, though. He's I mean, ready. I guess, I mean, are they showing us the Ghost because he's going to die next episode? <gasps> no, I can't. I really can't handle that. I Maybe. mean, they showed us that little Shireen girl for a reason. Is there Daddy. a reason that suddenly Ghost has to make an appearance? I think it would have been a more emotional. I think we would have gotten more, like, interaction between him and John. I mean, he's that's the last wolf. I mean, I know Nymeria is still alive, but he's the last one that's with his dark and yeah. around. I guess so. that's a good point. Like, they w- he didn't really interact with anyone. I'm pretty sure he was animatronic. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is kind of nice to have uh, the old, you know, nice watch boys back together, and they're having a little, like, reminiscence of the days gone by, and it's it's sort of sweet to see them all together. I mean, they make a point being like, remember when it was like a bunch of us, and now it's just us three. Like, RIP, R.I.P. Pip and Gren. Yeah, I love Gren. I was sad when he died. Uh, I know that he had a he had a very good end. He killed a giant. He's powerful. Wow. Um, but so basically, they're talking again. The crypt situation comes up where. You know, they're like, yeah, well, you, Gilly and little Sam are going to be in the crypt, just, you know, safe, so safe in the crypt. They're going to be fine. And And again, Sam is pissed that everyone keeps suggesting he goes to the crypt because he's like, excuse me, I was the first person to kill a fucking white walker. Nobody remembers this. Yeah. And I kind of love that he was like, you need me. Like, come on. And Ed is like, you know, what kind of fucking world is this? where you, Sam Tarly, are the slayer of White Walkers and the lover of ladies. Like, what the fuck? And you're like, you know what? The world should just end. We're done here. Like, let it end. (laughs) It's not right. (laughs) But it is kind of cute to sort of see these guys together, and I'm 1,000% sure that Dolores Ed is going to meet his end. Yes. Yes, for sure. He's come come so far, but not far enough. That's all I gotta say. (laughs) So the next scene is the beginning of many scenes gathered around the file. I call this the Great Hall Gang. The Great Hall Gang. I like that. Uh, I'm just, yeah, getting the warmth in while they can. I, I, th- I think that's a, a good idea. Um, the heavy drinking that occurs, maybe not such a good idea before a big battle, but you know, last night runner. on Earth, everybody has their pre-game rituals. So Tyrion and Jamie are sitting there, and at first it's just the two of them, and they're, this is when they're saying, mm. uh, they talk about the fact that they wish Dad could see them now, like, <laughs> he'd be shitting himself, thinking about his two sons about to die defending Westeros, or defending uh, Winterfell. Yeah, that was so, I love that. I mean, would have straight up and like, are you fucking kidding me? But I do love how they talk about, you know, like, their first time in Winterfell and how much they change. changed. And I think I think it's Tyrion that entitles it "Ah, The Perils of Self-Betterment. <laughs> yeah. I think it's oh, interesting because they're talking about the uh, – how it was a simpler time than, mm. you know, Tyrion was the whoremonger and Jamie was the golden lion. And Tyrion says, oh, no, it wasn't really simpler times. Like, you were fucking your sister and yeah. I was <laughs> – what have you. But it is certainly true that it was simpler characterization mm-hmm. back then. They've developed so much and become so much more complex and rich over the years. We're very Definitely. grateful for that. It, it was, it was sort of, yeah, it was nice to sort of see, yeah, like they really have changed as the perils of self-betterment will make you do. Um, and so, yeah, the next entrance is kind of great because Brienne and Pod join up to drink and ponder death with them and you know it's funny because Todd used to be Tyrion Squire and Jamie and Brienne is, they're all sort of like old friends at this point and Tyrion offers them a drink and Brienne's like Pod not before battle <laughs> but uh Tyrion sort of like pours them a nice hefty glass regardless which is lovely <laughs> we should all be so lucky as to have Tyrion as a bartender oh I know he's Perian's like, listen, I I got you, like, don't, I, I won't let mom see, um, and then Davos joins the party, he's like, hey, what are you guys doing in here, do you mind if I uh, pop in, and then my favorite joins the party, That's Tormund, everyone's sort of, like, drinking, of the fire, Tormund sort of brought, it, it's B-Y-O-H, bring your own horn, and <laughs> he just, like, sits down and starts, like, talking about a lot of Really weird things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his story—he regales us with a fascinating tale of how, uh at the well, age of ten, he killed a giant yeah. <laughs> and became got in bed with the giant's wife and was suckled at her breast for three months. Like, yeah. <laughs> thank you for leaving us with that visual. If we have to die tomorrow, torment loved that because you know they're talking like they're like flopping like torrent's like so like they call her the king slayer well you know what they call me giant spain and then like he launches this story and genuinely that is not the direction i thought it was gonna go i was really confused and i loved it though because he was like i suckled at his wife's teeth and now i'm so strong all that giant's milk and everyone's like what the fuck did we just hear i have some questions yeah <laughs> but you know what a, a party like that you need someone like that to sort of be like, okay, like this is ridiculous. Like, we're, what the fuck? Like, I thought I had a problem, but you know, Torment sort of follows that up by drinking as one really should um, on the eve of the apocalypse, which is just guzzling your, you know, wine out of a horn. Or I guess his is like that weird fermented goat. milk. No. Sort of. no, yeah. Love him. Disgusting. Uh and speaking of drinking, we uh see Arya and the hound on the battlements and you know, the hound is drinking and he gives Arya tosses over a wine skin at Arya that is literally the size of her body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, all child. Yeah. And Arya's like, Why are you even here? Like, I don't mean like how did you get here? I mean like why the fuck are you here? Yeah, like what is the point of of your story basically of your Mm -hmm. redemptive arc uh she's questioning when was the last time that you fought for someone other than yourself and I I get it but again I just I feel like people are trying to tie up loose ends and Mm -hmm. have some I don't know some closure or work through some emotional shit and I'm also like Not the time. Not the time to be questioning why people are here. You need as many people as you can possibly get. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's a good point. She's like, listen, last time I saw you, you were, like, the worst person in the world. And I guess, you know, he's had some moments since then that have changed him a little bit. But obviously, all this is, like, immediately ruined as soon as Beric makes it onto the scene. He's like, hey, can I join, like what's up, guys? Are we just having the best time with the Lord of Light tonight? And everyone's like, oh, Jesus. Like, he is still standing so hard for the Lord of Light. And the Hound is like, okay, so, like, how is that going to help you?
1: He's like like, that
0: house pastor that, like, thinks he's cool, has the goatee. He's like, guys, I brought a ukulele. Yeah, I was going to say, he's, like, about to pull out the guitar, and you're just like, oh, please, no. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of annoying, because, like, I'm like, after all that you've seen, like you're still taught, like like what? Okay, you know what, Sarah? I don't even know words for you. I mean, shit. If I had been brought back from the dead seven plus times, I would probably yeah. be pretty devout too. That's true. It's just it's it's a little it's not what anyone wants to hear on the eve of battle. I'll put it that way. And Arya is like, all right, well, I'm not spending my last few hours alive with you, old shit. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> I did one thing that I thought was interesting from this uh scene is we're we kind of get some confirmation that Aria's list is changeable that uh, yeah. she like is willing to take people off of it because the hound obviously the hound was on her list but when Barrett comes up he says like he's like he used to be on your list too didn't he and she was like yeah or he was on your list and she was like yeah he used to be so clearly yeah. she's some flexibility there room for movement and it's so. kind of nice because if you think about it which I didn't. I had to read it later in a theory, and I was like, "Oh, I'm so stupid." It's like he's not on the list anymore because she knows Gendry's safe. Like he was on the list because he took Gendry and gave him to Melisandre, and now that Gendry's fine, she's like, "Nah, we're cool." Fine. Um, and yeah. Speaking of Gendry, speaking of, uh, so we find out oh no. that Arya is very jealous of Melisandre's leech play. <laughs> yes, I mean, listen, it's. It's a weird technique, and I don't recommend it to the average uh, woman. I mean, I'll try anything once. but Right, but, like, leeches are best left to the weirdos. Um, but so Arya is practicing her little archery, and Gendry comes up, and he's brought her this spear, which is sort of what we talked about last week when we were like, what the fuck is he making for her? And it looks kind of like a javelin of sorts, and it's got a black uh, dragon glass like and what is it called point point uh, arrow yeah. arrowhead Spear. yeah yeah uh, Fear, nice spearhead. sharp sharp thing pointy thing <laughs> um but yeah so he brings her that and she is like cool thanks whatever not that impressed it took you long enough like they're still doing the whole flirty thing and this is where he um they had to talk about Melisandre. She's like, yeah, whatever happened with you and that crazy red woman. I was like, oh yeah, she just like wanted me, and she's like, why? And he's like, you know, because uh, I got king's blood. <laughs> and NBD. she's like, NBD, just you know, one of Bobby B's bastards. But at this point in the book, in the show at least, he's unique in that he's like one of the few that is remaining alive. So he is technically Robert Baratheon's heir in some ways. So, I think that's also, like, sort of, like, like important because she's yeah. very much like Liana and he's very much like Bobby B. Yeah. So, yeah. um yeah, she starts sort of asking all these, like, weird questions, like, how many ladies have you been with? <laughs> and it's, like, so uncomfortable because I'm like, do you just want to bone him or are you trying to, like, actually, like, no? It's so weird, but it ends up just being, like, a seduction technique, which I guess that's one way to do it. <laughs> to be but, fair, uh, she's a lot more successful with the whole it's our last night on earth pitch than Torment is. So good for that's her. True. I think a lot of people felt weird about this because so the actress Maisie uh, Williams is 22. She is, uh, a, yeah, she's an adult, but is- you know, we're used to seeing Aria. Like we have seen her from the age of like 10. And it's just like weird to see someone that you've like seen growing up on screen. Dude, it's so weird. It's also because last week I was like, I totally want them to get together. Yeah. And I got my wish. And Everybody I wanted that. Why? It. I saw so many people today on social media and in person just, you know, talking about how weird it was and bitching about it. we didn't sign up to see Aria get fucked. And, listen, stuff, like, and also, but I'm just like, it is her last night on earth. Like, they've had. Can't, chemistry they don't to be fair those actors actor and actresses no offense to Maisie and I whoever plays Henry but they have they have Joe they have no chemistry uh in my opinion but for plot wise I'm like get your dick wet it's the last night are yeah. yeah no absolutely I completely concur and it's like the typical age-old saying, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> but th- then again, I i mean, like, I just thought the, the whole seduction scene was, like, a little awkward, but at the same time, i That's because they have no chemistry. I, right. But I'm also, like, glad that it happened because I'm like, yes, it needed to happen. Like, it was all leading up to it. And, like, poetically speaking, it's, like, the perfect pairing, like, like, a flashback to season one where they're, like, uh, Bobby B's, like, You've got to sign that. Yep. You've got to daughter. we like, well, we'll join our it's houses. So it is that, kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, it's a fucking <laughs> Um But yeah, so, like, it does kind of feel weird, but then you're like, I guess it's fine. <laughs> so back in the Great Hall, the gang's all being weird and quiet, and they they kind of, like. What do you call them? All, the Great Hall gang? The Great Hall gang. GHG. GHG. They're all just, like, sitting there, like, being kind of quiet and weird, and they kind of bring up the point where they're like, yeah, remember that time, like, we have all individually, <laughs> like, fought the Starks and, like, yeah, here we are. <laughs> Raise your hand if you it, have personally victimized the Starks. <laughs> yeah, and everyone's like, us, both hands up. Um, And they talk about sort of the battles they've survived and the things they've seen and um, it sort of gets brought up where, like, they're talking... I don't know how this gets brought up. Like, Brienne's not a knight. Mm, cause, yeah, cause, well, because you said they're talking about the battles and he talks about... He says, sir, Brienne of Tarth, oh, yes. eating the hound. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, and actually, you're like, not a oh, sir. Gosh. You're not a knight. And Tormund is, like, very confused as to why this amazing, strong woman is not a knight. And he's like, if I were a king, like, I would make you a knight a thousand times over because you're amazing and you're, you're powerful. I love you. <laughs> and
1: he's kind of like, fuck like, tradition.
0: tradition. Yeah, Hashtag time's up. He's like, listen, you are a better warrior than, like, all of these, like, fucking losers here at Winterfell. And it's, it's so true. Like, he's like, why the fuck would you not be knight? And Jamie's like, you know, what's well, a great fucking idea. You know, why isn't she knight? And he asks her to stand up and come over. And, you know, I thought this was very fitting because, like, historically speaking, a lot of the time, like, a young or whatever or just young men will be made knights on the eve of battle I think there was a few I think Jamie or no there was someone who was made a knight in the show on the eve of battle and it's just it's it's a sort of common trope but for Brienne this is like sort of finally cementing her place in society okay go on I saw no I I, you're just saying this and I didn't peg her as someone to die but now I'm just like uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-oh she'll die (laughs) No, I really don't think, well, God, I really hope not. I don't even remember what I put for her for my death pool, but I, I, really, pick- but I really don't want her to die. <laughs> but it, it is sort of a tr- like a tradition of like this sort of like being knighted on the eve of battle, and it's so beautiful because um, I liked personally hearing the words that you know Westeros Yeah, sees. that was really cool. Although I had a moment of panic when they got to the mother. I was like, oh god, I cannot be here for like each of the seven. Like if they're like, <laughs> and the crone orders you to hold her hand while you cross the road and help old ladies <laughs> with their groceries. Like <laughs> the maiden like, says, please do not sexually assault yeah. <laughs> her just because you're a knight. Yeah, like I was like, I don't have time for this. Um, But it was lovely. And, you know, it's this beautiful moment because we talked about this earlier. Brienne has always been the butt of the joke. She has never really fit in either as a woman or as a knight, as a warrior. So she has never had a place in society. She's never had an accepted role and to not only become a knight and have this like amazing honor and chivalry and, this whole like the status bestowed upon her, but also to be knighted by Jamie, someone who, as you have pointed out, she is very in love with and admires. It was yes. Perfect. Respect. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody who is uh I mean, as you said earlier, a very divisive figure, but is well renowned for yes. his skills as a knight. So yes, and also um an interesting point I thought was that you know, we talked about like the knightly virtues and sort of like who better exemplifies them than Brienne? And we talked about how her honor, honor is, like, beyond questioning. So she is, you know, has in every way has been a knight. And to make it official was so beautiful. And everyone clapped for her, which was so cute. And, yeah. oh, my God, Tormund was so excited for her. He was like, yes, I always knew you had this in you. <laughs> That's what and- it. That's my my gal, but also um, her little smile was so funny. At the end, she was just like, "It's so yeah." We she doesn't smile a lot, so you can see the genuine pride mm-hmm. dripping off her face. And I, yeah, I felt things. Oh yeah, me too. But like you said, she since she's always been the butt of the joke, I think right up and even when he suggested, she's like, "No," nah. but you know, she just wanted it so bad. She, it was wanted, so nice. she didn't. She didn't so. want to like
1: allow yes. herself
0: to want it i know oh she's so great and like a, a real icon a real feminist icon i love her so much Fuck yeah um speaking of bad- yes. good <laughs> of badass <laughs> feminist icons um we had this no she put just, me on a moment in the crip oh, corner no, hell no and it's kind of great because i think i don't know if we talked about this or if i talked about this later i was like oh yeah like of course like speaking of reunions, like, Jora and Leona, like, they need to talk, and it was so great. <laughs> like Their island reunion. Yeah. yeah. Oh, much shouting. <laughs> much shouting, especially in the part of Lady, but yes. it was so great because, you know, Jora's like, you should just, like, think about going to the crypt, like, you're just, like, you need, you're a lady, and you need to be in the crypt, and she's like, listen, Jora, I'm not a little bitch like you are, okay? Like, I'm gonna go there with my men, and I'm gonna defend this place, like, I don't know what, like, and she, like, dismisses him. She's like, good fortune, cousin. Bye. And her men, like, leave behind her, and Dora's like, oh, yeah, I got I got red. I uh, got red. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know how much I hate Sir Jorah. So, for me, this was a particularly delicious scene to see him get put <laughs> in his place by my one true angel, Lady Liana. Angel baby, Liana. <sighs> Love her. This The next part of the scene, I had mixed emotions about, or mixed responses to. Uh, Sam comes to give Jorah heart's fame, uh, his, his father's sword, the sword that he stole, um, which is a, is a nice sentiment because the two have clearly bonded after uh, Jorah was saved by Sam from Grayscale and had that nice, uh, deep exfoliating treatment yeah. <laughs> the ultimate see, uh... anti-aging procedure <laughs> yes he <laughs> so yes. looks years younger <laughs> he does he does he's got that healthy glow but I thought it was odd because in giving him the sword he says you know my father taught me to be a man and do what's right and I was like is this the same Randall Tarley?" like I know it's normal to think uh what the have to conjure up nice images of the dead and sure forget about all the shitty things that they did but it still just seems like very out of that characterization to be like he's the one who taught me how to be a good person and yeah hell no um he all he ever taught him was toxic masculinity Yeah, exactly <laughs> toxic masculinity and that, and that he wasn't good enough wasn't yeah. good enough to be his heir and so it's just it's uh, yeah again i get we romanticize the dead and things that are gone, but I was just like, this is, it's very strange to me. Yeah, and I mean, I do like, well, he gives it to The the gesture I like, but not the He gives it to Sir Jorah in honor of the old bear. That, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, so he is like, listen, I sold to my dad, like, he was kind of a dick. (laughs) He taught me these things, but like this, was he like, talking about was he maybe talking about did I get that wrong? Was he yeah. talking about Mormont uh, yeah, being you the won, one? You one hundred percent it said it wrong. That makes far more sense. Yeah. It's <laughs> okay. fine. But like he you know, but he did say like I sold it to my dad, like, this is the relationship we had and like I didn't really know how to do any of those things until I came to the wall and your dad is the one that like taught me like what to do and um basically like I don't know how to lift this thing so you're gonna be the one to wield it in battle you'll get much more use out of it yeah and I do I do like at the end where he's like I hope we win and I'm like (laughs) I hope we win don't we all (laughs) Sam you are all of us um but I love that we're back to the great hall gang and everyone at this point they're like well we drank all the wine like what do we do now like do we sleep do we drink do we sing like what, guys, like, what's a, someone needs to say something. And, okay. yeah, and everyone's like, you do not want to, Davos like, you do not want to hear me sing. Like, I believe that you prefer death. But <laughs> thankfully, Pod uh, chimes in and saves the day, and he sings a lovely little ditty about uh, Jenny Oldstones, who was the lover of one of the Targaryen princes. I think Duncan Targaryen, Aegon the Fifth, Son named after his brand, Duncan the Tall. It's so funny. Pod is just a true Renaissance man. He can, uh he can. Stick he's, a, the horse. Like, he's a lover. He's a fighter. He's a songbird. Like what can't that young man do? Talk about like excellence. Like he is like the school. He should be on like quire monthly magazine he like does. like he really is amazing and so you know, heartthrob of the realm yeah. <laughs> and he you know he sings a song he's got a lovely voice yeah and a, he um he's well, no Ed Sheeran but you know I mean listen <laughs> I you know how I felt about that cameo deleted it from my mind but so this song while he's singing you get like a bunch of different scenes of characters sort of on the on the eve of battle and it gave me a lot of for Lord of the Rings fans again, like Pippin's song when he sings the song while it's contrasted with like Faramir being attacked. But you see Sam and Gilly and baby Sam in bed together and they're sort of, you know, together as a family. Maybe one last time, who knows? Um it it kind of reminded me really morbidly of that scene in Titanic, Titanic, yes. where the mom's like tucking her kids into bed and she's like, "In the old country, we'll be safe, like no worries." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh God, everyone's dead." And then we see Arya and Gendry. Um, and Gendry is passed out. Uh, Arya does not look so impressed. Maybe she <laughs> should have gone with Pod instead, <laughs> had a better <laughs> experience, but. I saw actually a lot of great memes of people who were like, "Um, I definitely thought Arya was going to turn out to be gay. So, like, maybe this makes sense. Like, she, like, hooked up with Gendry I was like, "Mm, just kidding, don't like men. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, I think she's more just, like, in general, pondering life and, like, death and, like, what the fuck's going to happen. Everyone saying goodbye Mm -hmm. to their friends and loved ones, including Grey Worm and Missandei. Yeah, that kiss was a death seal, that was, man. Uh, the last kiss he will feel from her lips as a living being. Theon. Okay, I thought it was strange because so the other people we see in this montage are <laughs> Jorah by himself. Um, yeah, of and then, yes, and then it <laughs> ends with uh, Danny and John in the crypt. But we also see Sansa and Theon, yes. and so all the other people that we see together in the scene are coupled. And mm-hmm. there was this moment where they were like looking at each other. And I was like, please don't do this. Yeah. Are we <laughs> going to do this? Are we going to do something romantic with them? So I, I'm sure that I'm reading too much into that, but I was just a little bit like, what's I going on I don't think here? you are because I actually went on Reddit and somebody, no. say, well, somebody was like, I feel like they're going to get together. And then everyone else was like, Wait, so question, like, what is the status of his genitals? Like, what are we talking about here? Like, is it, like, a full Kendall situation, or is it, like, one or the other? And so people were just, like, getting very involved in, like, Sansa's potential sex life with Theon. But I do think it was more... I mean, honestly, un- as as traumatic as uh, the experience with Ramsey was, she probably would not mind not yeah. have that be a big part of her life. Yeah. But <laughs> That's uh, a good point. But it was, I think... I thought it was, like, it was nice because, I mean, those two have shared a very deep relationship as victims of Ramsey. so Culture. Yeah. Yeah, I think more about that. But, yeah, I was like, what's, what's going on here? So, the final scene down in the crypts, so we've been talking about them. We finally get the, the actual scene Can I just there, say really quickly... Uh, that Danny what? I thought Danny was a white walker when I first saw her oh, down there that would have been quite I, I like the, uh I was like shocked. why is the song why is this sad song still being sung like there's a white walker in there with John wow that would have been great but no alas just flesh and blood Danny uh kind of finally corners John and her moody ass boyfriend is in the crypt being broody and morose looking over the statue. And she's like, who's that? And he's like, it's Sam Stark. And she's like, God, so weird. My brother was supposed to be this, you know, kind of soft, romantic, touchy feely music guy. But then he raped her. Like that doesn't jive. And you're like, Mm. Oh. I just love how, like, all the hot goss always happens at the crypt, especially around Liana's statue. Yes. Like, she's the tapering bringing drama of the afterlife. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she's like, oh, my God. And so John's, like oh, God, I've been, like, not wanting to say anything, but, like, here we go. Then don't. You know what? Then don't. There is a time and a place. You either needed to do it, like, shit or get off the pot. You either needed to do it, but now is not the time when there's a fucking zombie invasion headed your way. Zip it. I know. And it's so annoying, because he's like, oh, well, speaking of Liana, you know, he didn't actually rape her. He was actually, he married her, and they were in love, and they had a kid, and that kid is me. <laughs> like, it was so... i like, oh, Stark gosh. raised him as a bastard. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, he's talking about, it, like, he was, like, saying it. And, like, it was, like, so dramatic where he was, like, hey, his kid and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, and it's me. And, every, you know, Danny is, like... My real name is Aegon Tarderi. Oh, God, that was so dumb. And Danny's, like, nope, that's not okay. Not the information I would have liked to hear on this evening. And, honestly, I thought, I mean... She is a Targaryen, but like, I think she was much more disturbed by the fact that Jon could have a better claim than her. Oh yeah, then than the she was, was by, by the yeah. But I would be too. I feel yeah. like I'd be like, I'd be like, oh, like Jon, stay here for like a few minutes. I'll be right back and like send a dragon in to like burn him alive I'd be like, just kidding, he's gone. It's all mine again. <laughs> Well, she has a very valid point because she wants to know how he got this information, obviously. Yeah. And what are your like, sources? Oh, well, um, my best friend and my brother told me one read it in an obscure book and the other one had a vision. And she's like, well, that's uh, convenient, isn't it? She's like, oh, you mean that freak that's upstairs, Bran, told you this? <laughs> that fucking weirdo, you're going to trust Bran and his shrooms? Like, to tell you the truth? It does also beg the question, though, how could they ever... Prove this to the wider realm, to the masses. Like John is who he says he is. Like I they can't really. I don't know. Like stick an HDMI in Bran, hook it up to a <laughs> Like I don't want a honest- brand new <laughs> 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 Like it's. I mean, that's the thing. Is like as with any all any and all information. It all depends on who your sources are and how legitimate that information is. So, it, it's a, she makes a good point where she's like, "Who the fuck told you this?" You know. Yeah. But I think, I, but he makes, but he also tells her he refutes it and he goes, "Girl, you know, like, yeah." You know that. Which and, he, and I think she does. But again, just the practical aspect of it, he may have the superior claim by blood, but is it superior if? No one knows, and there's no yeah. like traceable proof. That's why I don't think that he's gonna become the king. I think Danny is going to be the queen, and John is gonna bend the knee and go he to, go the, to wall. the wall if they yeah. live. If they so live, that's I mean, the most optimistic possible ending, um, which I'm right. here for. it. I'm here I for mean, it. I mean, it's a girl can dream, apparently, but yeah, it's People sort of like want to rule. Anyway, yeah. we've talked about does that. He not? And I mean, in typical Stark fashion, though, like, does he not have the worst timing? <laughs> the worst. Because like as soon as he's like, I'm the king, oh, and like freaks out. It's like yeah, you get you, you get the sort of horn being like, guess what, everyone, 12 hours is up. They are here. And They um, have arrived. So you Le get to the Arrivée. and you get this lovely do you say White Walker in French? oh oh my god Uh, you you looked it up on a French website. it was Le Le Marcheur Blanc Le Marcheur Blanc it It made me laugh so um, but it's kind of interesting because at the end you have this scene of Danny, John, and Tyrion sort of at the top of the battlements and they're looking out on Winterfell and I think everyone that is like somewhat of a Tyrion is a third head of the dragon theory was like Alarms going off. Yeah, but in my head I was like, well he just happens to be there, but then I'm like (laughs) who the fuck knows at this point, let's be real. But basically the White Walkers are nigh, they approach, and Winterfell is in their clutches. Uh, what a place. I mean it's the perfect place to end. I kind of figured this honestly, not to like, shoot my own horn, but I was not to blow my own uh, (laughs) I don't even show, okay. show far, northern Shofar. far. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but I was pretty certain this is, like, exactly how it would end with the Wildlings approaching, or the Wildlings, so two seasons a, a ago, bitch wishes. Yeah, with the White Walkers approaching the wall and them just sort of staring out. Like, that's very, seems like a very classic Game of Thrones move. It was. It was very much a classic sort of like cliffhanger ending and from what I've heard the next episode is the Battle of Winterfell.
1: Yeah. It's, eight, it's gonna
0: be eighty two minutes long and it's all battle. So the we're longest not the be... least battle scene ever filmed. Yeah. Apparently. We're all filmed gonna... at night. I imagine we're not gonna see Cersei unless she's just like like in between the battle scenes, you just see her like <laughs> sipping her wine for like a hot minute. But uh that would be two it's... episodes without her then. Yeah. It's interesting as well, I think, because, I mean, we keep sort of, like, expecting like, everyone's going to die, and, like, we've all been holding our breath, and I sort of, I feel myself that someone was going to die tonight, and then they didn't, so I'm, like, obviously, next week, I'll be weeping. (laughs) It's all going to happen. It's going to be, like, when it rains, a poor situation, clearly. Yes, it's going to be upsetting. I know, I'm not ready. I mean, I am, but... And I am I like I can't even get through this week. I'm oh I need so it now. Someone get me a Xanax. Like <laughs> it's gonna <laughs> be a problem. I'll have what brands having. Yeah. <laughs> well, let us know what you guys thought of the episode and I would love to hear theories about who's gonna die because at this point it's it's everyone's game. Yes. Uh, Let us know if you think Bran is Night King. um, If you think that Theon and Sansa are going to be a hot item. (laughs) Um, Any other, any other things we want to get in there? Um, Uh, Just who will be third head of the dragon? Yeah. Well, have a great rest of your week. I cannot wait to see.